Wondered the same thing many of you did if I read you this headline, what is the fourth wave? Because there are many forms of economic development, Steve Deller is a professor of agriculture and applied economics and community economic development uh, and will be speaking on just that. Our guest on the Crosstalk facilitator of this gathering from the Seven Rivers Alliance, Chris Hardy. Good morning. Thanks for talking with us. Good morning, Mike. Always a pleasure. Is this, uh, should we be afraid? This, what is the fourth wave? Something ominous? The uh, world is ending? We should all, what? Yep, that's right. It's, it's, it's the big one, and it's finally coming. Um, <laughs> well, no, glad the, to know it. The world of economic development um, uh, is taking uh, a different twist um, as we enter into this phase. Well, we're in the midst of the phase of where are all the people? And so the fourth wave of economic development really talks about um, how we can, as a community, focus on that for economic development. And when I mean that, we're talking about how do we attract people. But into specific kinds of economic development? Yeah. So let's do a little history here. So uh, uh, Professor Hardy will give us a little history on economic development. I appreciate that. Uh, all right. So traditional, uh, so the first wave of economic development, and by the way, this is all sourced to Deller, who knows far more about this than I do, is that uh, this is your traditional industrial recruitment, um, where we focus on manufacturing jobs and establish a positive business climate through cheap labor, cheap land, limited regulation, and limited taxation. It's still the backbone of much economic development today. So, for example, Foxconn. However you feel about Foxconn is a traditional uh, example of that sort of economic development where we go for the big manufacturer who's going to come in and and fill jobs. So that's been going on at least since the 1930s. Since the 1970s, the second wave began, and that was when there was a decision to focus on small business development and emerging small businesses. We kind of realized that a lot of jobs come from those newer, smaller companies, and we should support that with business retention and expansion programs and angel investment. You know, we want people to start businesses. That continues today as well. The third wave started in the early 1990s with the idea that we could create public-private partnerships that focused on clusters, both existing and emerging. So, for example, the Seven Rivers Alliance did an analysis on our regional clusters uh, probably 10 years or so ago and, you know, identified that we've got clusters in manufacturing, we've got clusters in healthcare, and we've got clusters in agriculture. And when you focus on those clusters, that helps you to grow your, or your workforce. So that now brings us to the fourth wave. And the challenge, of course, that we have now is we have a labor shortage. And so you can't just focus on luring the big uh, company to come to your community if you don't have the people who can support the business. So the idea behind the fourth wave is focusing on the concept of placemaking. And placemaking is uh, attracting people to your community with childcare, schools, safe streets, parks, recreation, all of those quality of life measures that families value. And the idea is that if you create that environment, the people will come. 
And so you focus on attracting the people rather than the companies. Right, so that those people who are uh, not working but not seeking employment will reconsider uh, that idea. It's always uh, been amazing to me that we talk about uh, the low unemployment, but we didn't lose a lot. You know, there wasn't this big wave of death. So there are still people out there. They just aren't working. So now we get them interested in coming back to the workforce, and that uh, would advance this fourth wave, wouldn't it? It certainly would. Uh, you know, that's one way. The other is, um, you know, let's bring in new families um, who decide that, hey, living here looks a whole lot better than living where I'm at. Sure, sure. Well, the lacrosse area has long been one of those areas uh, that people look forward to living because we're close enough to the big cities uh, for convenience, but we're far enough away to stay away from most of the uh, crime and all the things that big cities are famous for not being uh, convenient to, to be part of. <laughs> yes. Chris Hardy, our guest on the Crosstalk, the Seven Rivers Alliance. Anyone that would like to participate in uh, Professor Steve Deller's uh, conversation that uh, comes up on the 13th, uh, how, uh, can they still do that? They, they certainly can, Mike. And the easiest way for them to do that is pop me a personal email and I will send them the registration link. Oh, good, because it's huge. <laughs> is Chris, C-H-R-I-S, at sevenriversalliance.org. The number seven, correct? Correct. Chris, C-H-R-I-S, the number seven, riversalliance.org. Yes. All right, good deal. Chris, thank you very much for talking with me this morning. Uh, Professor Steve Deller making uh, his Zoom presentation at noon on Wednesday. Want to be a part of it? Chris at the number seven rivers alliance dot org. Chris, thanks very much. Have a wonderful day. Now I got to go.